Welcome to What's Next, Cornet Global's podcast that puts members on the microphone with thought-provoking, profession-shaping conversations and commentary. Hi, this is Tim Venable of Cornet's Global. Joining me for this edition of What's Next is Bob Clark, Senior Vice President, Client Experience and Operations Support at ABM. He's here to talk with us about how the new office environment is all about customer experience. Thanks so much for being here, Bob. Thanks, Tim. I really appreciate the opportunity to come speak with you. It's, it's our pleasure. As we get underway, if you would just introduce yourself a little bit further. Sure. As you've already stated, Bob Clark, uh, ABM, I had a, what's called client experience and op support. On the client experience side, it's really about the uh, governance, compliance, and outcomes for our most strategic clients. And then on op support, we're the enterprise enablement and logistics support for ABM operations. I've been with ABM for collectively 34 years when you roll up the acquisitions. Started out as a project manager in Philadelphia while I was still in college and never looked back. So I've enjoyed my career here and work with an incredible amount of fantastic people and great leadership and, you know, looking forward to spending some time with you today. Fantastic. Thanks so much. So as we get into the topic, here's my, my first question. We are now two years into the pandemic, perhaps even a little bit beyond that now. And it's safe to say that the the corporate office environment has seen a, a permanent shift. From your perspective, what's here to stay and what will we likely gravitate back to? Well, you know, there's no doubt that the uh, corporate office environments have been forever changed by the pandemic. You know, however, you know, it may not be a permanent shift because the situation remains fluid. I mean, just recently, you know, you saw the news around Philadelphia, which recently changed their mask mandates, and it's always continuing to shift. There's new updates. You know, as we speak today, you know, the airline industry changed what their requirements are around masking. So, you know, as new variants come out, we just have to be flexible as an industry. You know, I think more so the question is, how has it changed thus far versus, you know, what a permanent shift looks like and how will it continue to change? You know, in the short term, facility managers need to find ways to make the office an attractive alternative or complement to the uh, remote working practices that are out there now. Um, and with building occupants more aware of safety, wellness, amenities, facility managers need to respond to those concerns in a visible, consistent manner across the board. Okay, fantastic. You know, we were talking about remote work just moments ago before we began the recording. Remote work has its obvious upsides. How can facility managers find ways to make the office an attractive alternative or complement to working remotely? Well, you know, we've got to rethink the office environment and develop spaces that support employee wellness and productivity for the long term. You know, to achieve both short-term and long-term objectives, Facility managers really need to focus on the occupant experience and make it the central focus of their operational plan. As recently as about a week ago, you know, I had the opportunity to spend some time with two senior level commercial real estate executives. And the whole dialogue was around that occupant experience and what they can do to make the experience enticing and pleasing for those that are coming back. The folks have been working at home. It's been convenient. They've got access to amenities that you normally wouldn't have in an office space environment. You know, certainly dress codes have 
been laxed, at least from uh, what you can't see on camera. You know, a lot of people are in sweatpants and whatnot. So, you know, in, in environments where, you know, folks can feel just as comfortable coming to an office environment as they can in a uh, home environment, you know, and as it applies to what we do as an industry from a service perspective, you know, safe health workspaces are very critical to making sure that folks are comfortable with coming back into the office space. And, you know, we've seen a combination of both expansion and contraction in the market. You know, clients are adding on more spaces. Some of them are incorporating, you know, more socially social distancing models in their office environments to make it more accommodating and pleasing for folks to come back. And then other folks, because of either staggered work schedules or different alternate days are, you know, making spaces more compressed so that they can accommodate those schedules. But, you know, we've seen there is no right or wrong formula. Different companies are doing different things. And I think companies are incorporating their culture. They're also making sure that, you know, as you've probably seen a big focus on incorporating DE&I practices. And that's also factoring in, in terms of how they're designing spaces to accommodate different cultures, different religions, if you will. We have one client that's, you know, adding in prayer rooms into their spaces to bring folks back to work, you know? So, I mean, it's all over the board in terms of what you're seeing to make sure that you're creating these environments where folks are comfortable to come back. You know, while it's true that remote work is the top of mind of most employers and most employees, really, working from home is not going away, right? It's still going to be here for the foreseeable future. And it's really hard to say, you know, how many workers will continue to work remotely. Again, this is fluid. Just on April 12th, the New York Times published an article on the tech companies wanting employees to return to the office. And they stated, now after two years of video meetings and Slack chats, many companies are eager to get employees back to their desks. Right. But at the same token, some tech companies have implemented extended periods of time for uh, remote work and some have even closed offices. You know, we know that executives and employees aren't exactly on the same page. Right. You know, the Society for Human Resource Management also tells us that while 56 percent of employees say that they want to work from home three days a week, 68 percent of executives say that they believe workers should be in the offices at least three days of each week. So, you know, this this topic is going to be a fluid topic for the next couple of years. Exactly. There's a little bit of a disconnect going on between management and employees as to what's the right ratio of in-office versus remote working. And so we'll, we'll see how that plays out. It'll play out differently for, as you say, different companies and in different industries, perhaps. Yeah. You know, I mean, again, facility managers in that time that you know, I'd spent with those two senior executives with two pretty reputable commercial real estate organizations. And then a lot of our corporate clients, the clients that you represent, you know, it's all about that work, that occupant experience, that employee experience that uh, folks are really striving for. And it's also a competitive environment now as, you know, attracting people, attracting employees to your workspace. It's part of that competitive environment. It's not just about the job itself. You know, folks want to understand, you know, what's my work environment going to be like? And, you know, how flexible are my work hours going to be? What's your company philosophy around working remotely? So, you know, it's also part of that framework as you're trying to attract talent is that occupant experience. And, you know, facility managers have to incorporate that into their overall strategy as they're working with their organizations. Exactly. 
And uh, that's a nice segue into my next question. So employees, focusing on the employees, they've grown more discerning, as you say, about the environments that they work in. So from your experience, what specifically are those office workers looking for today? I mean, one of the biggest things that we have found is their health, you know, safety and health. We saw a stat that about 73% worry about contracting the COVID-19 virus. Now, this number has fallen off a bit, but people still remain far more concerned than ever before, you know, as variants continue and you get these new announcements coming out from the CDC, you know, so they're looking for more visible, consistent cleaning better access to hand hygiene products and social distancing between themselves and their colleagues. And it's as an industry, we have to make sure that we address that. A few years ago, you know, in the midst of uh, COVID, the industry, at least, you know, again, talk about the cleaning industry, seven of the nation's largest facility service companies, including ABM, we partnered and started the Cleaning Coalition of America. Represents about 1 million professional cleaners employed in every state. And the coalition advocates on behalf of professional cleaners nationwide to shape and advance balanced common sense policies and cleanliness standards that promote safety and a healthy workforce. So, you know, how did we respond as an industry, the Cleaning Coalition of America? And it represents about 2 million employees. The industry itself is about $60 billion, and the majority of the costs are tied to wages, right? So how do we take that domain knowledge experience and bring about the best practices around cleaning and creating healthy safe environments as we partner with the facility managers in the industry. Outstanding. Okay. That's great to hear. Change is the only constant. Bob, that seems to be the mantra for for many uh, today, perhaps more than ever before. Change is the only constant. So in that environment, how can facilities operate with all these evolving regulations and expectations? It seems to be hard. Well, and as I touched on earlier, flexibility. You've got federal mandates. You've got the CDC. You've got state mandates. And then, as I mentioned earlier, the city of Philadelphia changed its mask mandate. Flexibility is going to be the key. One size is not going to fit all. You know, there's always the people that always does things a little differently than everybody else. So that's going to add its own nuances. We've got to embed flexibility into an operation, and it's the key to creating an effective hybrid environment to support building wellness. There really isn't a blueprint for a future workplace. You know, you get down to the client level. You could have four different companies on the same block, and each one of them are doing something different. So some are testing, you know, and mandatory testing before you come into the building. Some are not. So, you know, it's all over the board. And I think as an industry, we have to be flexible because until, you know, and I'm hoping this environment gets behind us, you know, we're going to have to adopt to all kinds of changes. You know, who knows? There was a new variant that came out, what, last week, I believe. I forget the name of it, but, you know, at this point, they're giving them all kinds of goofy names and everything else. I know. I can't keep up with it. <laughs> you know, but we've got a, a group as ABM called the ORC, and the purpose of the ORC, in conjunction with our leadership and participation of the Cleaning Coalition of America, is to make sure that we keep, uh, you know, our operators a rest of what's going on, you know, because a field operator in, for example, Boston is going to do something different than Philadelphia versus New York versus California. So, you know, how do we keep a consistent message 
as an industry and as an organization so that we can make sure that we're supporting our clients as a uh, corporation. There's also concerns about the very popular open office environment and propensity for germs to spread more widely. And it's important that all the facts are evaluated. Open office floor plans are very popular, but they can be modified by implementing a proactive scheduling system. And that'll help manage density, installing occupancy sensors to track the usage of spaces and aligning smart cleaning technology to trigger and uh, trigger the proper services based on um, the ebbs and flows of your building population. You know, facility managers and company leaders will need to have increased awareness as to the planning and scheduling and logistics, you know, as it relates to their workers and occupants returning to the office. You know, additionally, you know, as this hybrid model needs to be refined over time, it's really important to monitor how well employees are responding to these changes to determine any long-term adaptions, uh, adaptations required for the space. You know, and again, it ties right to that flexibility and every environment is going to be different. Cleaning protocols can also be more flexible. If your employees in the office or variable occupancy doesn't necessarily mean you need to reduce frequency of cleaning. Cost is always a factor, but, you know, as Facility managers assess implementing consistent high visible cleaning protocols, especially as it relates to labor and supplies. We also have to balance safety as an industry. You know, it's just, uh, that's the only word I can come back to is just being flexible. Exactly. Okay. Well said. And now about my last question, you, you touched on this uh, moments ago in part of your response there. So creating these healthy hybrid workplaces will require more than just the traditional cleaning protocols. How have you seen technology enhance safety and wellness in building operations? We're seeing a lot of managers embrace a demand-based maintenance model as it relates to day cleaning staff. Demand-based cleaning is really based on the occupancy and allows you to use labor, equipment, and supplies more efficient while you know meeting employees' expectations for cleanliness. Day cleaning personnel are alerted to perform tasks based on space usage and service level thresholds. This means the strategy allows for the day cleaning staff to focus their time when servicing is required based on real-time usage. If you look at a traditional cleaning spec, it lays out how many times you go in a particular room, right? doesn't matter if that room occupied or not, you're going to clean this room X amount of times per week, per month, et cetera. Now with a demand-based model, leveraging technology, um, sensor technology, you're measuring the occupancy usage in that particular area, whether it's restrooms, common area, and you're deploying your staff to address those areas as the demand uses. And you think, you know, real easy one is conference room. As that conference room gets used, it'll trigger, that sensor will trigger the need for the room to be cleaned and the cleaning staff is dispensed there. A big piece is also the visibility of staff during the day. Pre-COVID and even going back years in the industry, you know, you leave your office, you come in the next day and magically it's clean. Right. And in the old days, the maintenance staff should be not seen and not heard. You know, <laughs> when you think about the old adage, now folks want to see people. And so the visibility aspect of having folks during the day um, is more of an acceptable practice. And, you know, day cleaning is becoming more popular as an acceptable practice because people can see things being done. You know, and then technology helps with the transparency. You know, clients and occupants want to know the details. What's being done? When was my space disinfected? How often were you here? They want to know those details because they want to make sure that their space is absolutely clean and safe for them to work at, you know, and it's a comfort level, if you will. So, you know, implementing flexible practices needed to create a healthy hybrid workspace requires data, automation, and tech-enabled maintenance teams. So facility managers can leverage IoT at a much higher level of sophistication to gather real-time occupancy data, automate cleaning task generation, and provide assurances 
of work completion. Specifically, sensors can be used to measure occupancy levels for variable use spaces in the facility. Coupled with task management systems, the occupancy data can be used to trigger service requirements for smart routing in real time to drive efficiency and better alignment on facility needs. And then a mobile enablement strategy prioritizes tasks and outcomes, leveraging both QR codes and GPS tracking. So, you know, essentially you're able to really hone in on the services, respond to the needs and provide the data to your clients that they're looking to see. When you leverage these type of resources along with other streams of data from robotics and additional sensors like IAQ, it'll contribute to improved data and analytics around monitoring occupancy, tracking trends, improving response time, and addressing employee wellness concerns. These resources will also make it easier to plan, operate, and communicate, be transparent around a hybrid workspace. In the long run, data captured from various sensors, equipment, and mobile devices can be used to analyze and form future decision-making. Does that answer your question? Yes, sir, it does. Some fantastic applications of technology there. And of course, I've been aware of sensors for some time, but you've uh, shared some ways in which they can be applied now that I hadn't really thought of before. So it, it makes perfect sense. Better service, more cost-efficient. Yeah, it's a great it's a great tool. Well, that was my last question, uh, Bob. I wanted to, again, thank you for joining us. It's been great talking with you today on the What's Next podcast, and I really appreciate you sharing these very helpful insights with Cornet Global. Thanks, Tim. Certainly appreciate the opportunity, and stay safe and healthy out there. You too. Thanks so much. This concludes this episode of What's Next. Want to record a podcast of your own? Have an idea or point of view you'd like to share? Visit cornetglobal.org to learn more.